I mean, uh, it turns out the white things are tusks, and I mean tusks. And it's woken, and it's not happy. How could we're you not know it was there? Fifteen of us, naked. Naked. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 it's got nothing to do with me. And then it roars, and we are running. Oh, my God, we are running. And Brockovich falls, so I turn to him, and I say, I knew we should have turned left. That's my line! <laughs> No, I just picked him up and went right for the ship. Full didn't stop I hit the space lane. Live from Renette's room in uh, the Palace of Versailles, this is Doctor Who Podshot. And I was having such a nice day. under her bed <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to get that perverted <laughs> this is Doctor Who Podshock episode 40 for the week of May 15th 2006 my name is Ken Deep alongside Mr. Lewis Trapani hello and across the pond of course the legendary Mr. James Norton oh legendary thank you hello yes <laughs> very much so and um, this is Doctor Who Podshock. We have uh, a very we have a very fast moving episode today uh, here in the United States where we are recording. It is Mother's Day, and we want to wish our mothers, our mums, as they say, and yours as well, a happy Mother's Day. Being that this is the day that we are recording, and in order to um, in, in order to, for uh, the various sons, the three of us to. Share the love with our, our moms. We're going to make an we're going to make a very quick recording today, but we're going to jump right into news. And during pre-production, we thought, boy, we don't have a lot of news, and we actually wound up saying, you know, we do have a pretty decent amount of news this week. So <laughs> let's jump right into it. <laughs> um, the first thing here in the United States, uh, the announcement that uh, the September DVD Doctor Who releases uh, have been announced, and they are going to be. The Inferno with uh, John Pertwee and cool. William Hartnell's The Web Planet. Um, it's about time. Uh, well, all Doctor Who is about time, of course. Yes, it is. <laughs> Come and to space. Think of it. And um, <laughs> Warner Home. Well, not so much the new one, but the, go, well, that's another story. Warner Home Video has announced that the release dates uh, for these two episodes are September the fifth, two thousand six, putting it one week before the Star Wars trilogy release so uh, september once again turns into a here's my paycheck give me my dvds week month <laughs> um we, well, we seem to have had this problem once before if i remember in a past pod shock where there was a group of simultaneous releases, releases, simultaneous yeah. releases of well, i think it was november if i'm not mistaken yeah i'm sure battlestar galactica season three or something will come out in the first week of september now as well or some... before before season three airs in october yeah. on the sci-fi yeah, channel well, you know you know what i'm saying <laughs> uh, okay 2.5 then or yeah whatever the hell they do with that that particular release um 
<laughs> but this is great news, although I was just informed by James, and, and I apologize for not knowing this, but James tells me the Key to Time box set yeah. is not out in the UK. What the hell's up with that? I, I know. As far as I'm aware, it's it's never been released, certainly on DVD here in the UK. Um, I, I think Warner wanted a box set and wanted something that, you know, that American audience would want Tom Baker. And right, yeah. they ordered up a box set. And, you know, there's, if I recall, there's very few, like, extras on that. They kind of put that together quickly. And so to get it out to market. And, Although there, there um, are commentaries on each disc. And, and I think Tom Baker even does one of them. So it's, it, you know, they they didn't bone dry it so to say you know so to speak oh yeah they, i'm not complaining right I, I would i i wish they put out more box sets to get these episodes out there yeah, while we're young I, we were please. just saying right before we started was <laughs> you know trial of a time lord has box set written all over it and we definitely don't have enough colin baker although that brings us to the second news item which is the uh the rumor of the next uk releases being mark mm -hmm. of the ronnie and um Mm -hmm. What was the second one in there? Tom Hand of Fear. Hand of Fear. Hand of Fear. Which I, so, I two Baker two good Baker stories. Two Baker I mean, stories. <laughs> I, you know, different Bakers. It's very uh, it's very poignant right now that you know with Elizabeth Slayton, um, you know, was just on the show and mm -hmm. Hand of Fear is her last episode and and in the mm -hmm. Doctor Who Confidential for that they mention about you know her emotional leaving of the TARDIS yeah. and, and the whole thing mm -hmm. so so now that's that's mm -hmm. back in everybody's mind again and yeah and, as I was saying it whetted people's appetite for that story in a sense um, school reunion yeah and and a good story you know I'm glad to have it and so good stuff and and I actually um, Mark of the Rani one of my my favorite Colin Baker episodes. I, I like it. Introduces a new character into the mix. Yeah, I, I think Kate O'Mara is awesome, to be really honest with you. <laughs> yeah. It's just a shame that she's in the show twice or 2.5 times, and 1.5 of them is complete garbage. Yeah. Well, but, yeah not, but, but not by any doing <laughs> she of She starts off on a good... Yes, it's not her. Exactly. You it's... know? As a matter of fact, for n nominating someone who could come back in the new show... I wouldn't mind seeing the Ronnie, but then again, that throws the whole only Time Lord thing off. But yeah, I, well, you know, I think the only Time Lord thing was, you know, we've talked about a number of times might be a load of hooey. But there's a perfect example of you don't have to bring the Master back. We don't have to keep going back to the Master to get a bad Time Lord. The Ronnie could very easily have survived, you know, and. Yeah, and I think that's the reason why they introduced the Ronnie because um And you could even you know, regenerate her. Yeah. It doesn't you know, necessarily we have, the have to be Kate O'Mara. We had the meddling monk and the master and then up until the Ronnie we did they're really you know, other than um maybe Deadly Assassin, what's his face, you know. Dolphin. But 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 he was working in you know, with the master. Yeah. Mm, mm. And of course, if I remember rightly, I mean it's been a while since I've watched this. But doesn't that star um, Anthony Engley as well? As well, yes. As, and as I, the master? I'm trying to remember. I know he did, before he passed away, he recorded commentary for Keeper of Trocken, but I, I think he may have also done commentary for Mark of the Ranny. I really hope he did. I mean, you know, um, only because... I should also mention um, the Warlord, I'm sorry. Just so I know people are going to be writing in. <laughs> you forgot the Warlord! <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get dig into every single time lord that ever crossed paths with the doctor. <laughs> don't don't forget the guy who popped up in the beginning of Terror of the Autons and you know things like that. You know, right? Even argued the Valyard as well. Yeah. So, so um, 
so those are some of the DVD news, which is you know just just hitting this weekend. And uh, there's nothing mm-hmm. that excites me more than DVD news because <laughs> just you know we're 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 all DVD geeks on this show. Yeah, we just want to get we them more frequently. Exactly. And you know now that HDVDs coming out to the market and Blu-ray discs, and you know before we, the, this by the time the series is complete on DVD, we'll be on another medium altogether. We'll you know, be on DVDs the, will be like eight tracks. The diamond so, crystal display where so, you put in the little thing the size of a penny and it plays fourteen so hours. So please. The, the powers that be at the BBC, please, let's get these well, DVDs well, well, out wait. sooner. Lewis, in all fairness, it's not really um, – I mean, maybe it is a little bit up to them, but it, the Doctor Who restoration is. team – No, it's not them. They're, if you go to their site, they, they claim they're not you – know, they, They're ready to go. They're, they're ready to go. Okay. They're, they're not really holding things up. All right. Really. All right. You know, I mean, I, I gave it the benefit of the doubt saying that you know, if these guys are meticulously putting these episodes well, back together, then if it yeah. takes, you know – 10 a year than 10 a year it is you know well <laughs> that's why i kind of framed it the powers that be okay, so whoever yeah. those powers may be let them you know let's get get the the pedal to the metal and get these dvds out there we're hungry <laughs> <laughs> lewis have something to eat before the show feed then. me seymour <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of the powers that be um i'm going to have a little bit of a rant t- mm-hmm. uh, to the bbc because uh, we reported uh, last week on the last pod shock um, that the uh, BBC were going to change the uh, the rise of the Cybermen from the 7.15 to the original 7 o'clock time slot. Um, and it was publicized all on the BBC, and it was even on their website. And I, the day of, I even checked to make sure that it was 7 o'clock and not 7.15 and not 6.40 or whatever <laughs> time they decide to put on the, the show these days. And lo and behold, it came up on the screen at 20 past 7. So I, in the meantime, between 7 and 20 past 7, they had on this rubbish dancing program. It's, you know, um, do you know what I'm talking Eurovision? about? Eurovision? No, it's, Euro- it's, no, no, it's like... Um, like America, come Idol, have a go that whole Idol. bit. Come, is that the, on, come dancing or something like that. Some is that the one program. that they usually voice over at the end of Doctor Who with so and so wants you to come mm-hmm. have a go that whole bit? Yeah, I think okay. so. And it's also on at the start sometimes if you've uh, downloaded the episode. But it really ticked me off, and especially as they'd publicized it for so long. And Doctor Who draws uh, over 40% of the viewing figures for the UK, and then they make us watch for 20 minutes this rubbish dance program. So sort it out, BBC. So it was like the Jedi mind trick is what it was. They were just trying to sucker you into watching this dancing show. Oh, maybe to get the the ratings up for this rubbish (laughs) program with Graham Norton. I I don't care. Well, it seems like it's really... Sorry, Lewis. I, I was just saying what's really aggravating about this is that those that set their machines to record a certain time slot will miss the ending now because they're, you know, they, they set, well, uh, if they set it up to, work to, to record 7 to 7.45, they're going to miss the last 20. That's what happened last year that James yeah. said with the empty child. Yeah, yes. when it went on too soon. And, um, and, and here's a guy who was prepared to watch the show and was ready to go and joined it in progress for no other reason than the Beeb simply changed it up. I mean... 
It's a television network. For crying out loud, they've been around forever. Get your act together. See, I, let me tell you something. Uh, the Be I always used to compliment the Beeb on the fact that they didn't care when they put a show on. If a show was going to start at 10 after the hour, it started at 10 after the hour. But this is something that would never happen in America for only one reason. We're so freaking hung up on having everything on the half hour or top of the hour well, that you would never get a screw-up like that. Well, I, I think... Go on, sorry, mate, go on. No, no, I was saying, without a sporting event interfering with it, you know? Well, well yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't You mean, really did soccer mind. run over or something? No, it was, I don't know why it ran over. Possibly it could have been the football. Um, but it just annoys me that they, they, they have this flagship show of the BBC that mm -hmm. draws an astonishing amount of viewers every single week. And yet they're not keeping it on a, at a consistent time. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind if it was just a one-off, if like the Empty yeah. Child, if if you know, if it's on at seven fifteen as opposed to seven. But every single week the time changes. Well, yeah, lately it's like Russian roulette. You know, when is it going to start? And and that's what we and we're reporting ne on next week's Steel uh, Age of Steel. There's another time change. <laughs> so it just it's just crazy. I mean, obviously I don't mind one-offs. But surely, I, I, I don't think it matters to people when it's on, whether it's on at 7.20, at 7.15, at 7 o'clock, as long as it's consistent, because as soon as they start to mess around with that, you could, you could miss some of the programme. And obviously, it's such a good, it's such a good television programme, and they don't want people so, to miss yeah. it, you know, to my mind. So, anyway. so depending on when this podcast gets out there, and this may be kind of redundant if it, this podcast goes out after May 20th, but if it comes out before May 20th, let's hope it does, um, just so everyone knows, Saturday, May 20th, which is next Saturday, it's coming on at 6.40 p.m. So that's like... Earlier. That's that's very much earlier, you know. That's, yeah. That's, um, so this 40 is, minutes, really, say, and, you and, you know... I'm I'm also looking at um at Outpost Gallifrey reported on the the ratings on the Empty Child here in the U.S. on the Sci-Fi Channel, and they said that it had the lowest viewing figures of any Doctor Who so far. Yeah, and it had no trailer for it, no promo well, for I, it. I was just going to say, and who's yeah. to blame for that? And once yeah. again, this week, it, it, last week in part one of two, there was no trailer for the second part. What the hell do you expect? We're getting no support here we're getting zero support and the way like i said this once before the way that we as doctor who fans respond to that like any consumer we simply don't spend our money and how you don't spend your money is you don't watch ghost hunters and all the other crap that they're putting trailers for in our show that's yeah. how you do it yeah. that's how you I respond to it I think, to be honest, the BBC and the Sci-Fi Channel have become very complacent of Doctor Who, and they know that it's such a good program. I mean, they know it has. No, such No, I think a loyal they just don't base. care. I think well, they're just banking they on who's because, out there. Well, they they'll know that the the all I'm saying is they'll know that the loyal fans will keep coming back to it each and every week, no matter what time it's on, or no matter what's in content-wise, particularly with the Sci-Fi Channel with this pop-up ads and all the other rubbish that they do to it. They know, but they can get away with it. And it, it's, it, it, we shouldn't stand for it. I agree. You know, it's, it's And what's shocking. weird is on the Sci-Fi channel, they go to the credits and they show a promo for the DVD box set coming out, which is almost like them saying, look, we're showing you what you sh we're showing you. 
We don't really care if you're really that freaking interested in it. And part of my, my very direct language, if you're that interested in it, just go out and buy it. <laughs> and that's it, really, they're insulting me. They're insulting my intelligence. They're insulting yeah. your intelligence by doing that. They cut out key dialogue in this two-parter. The most brilliant story of the season. Just a, just a wonderful story. The Empty Child and the Doctor Dances. And they didn't cut out a little fluff thing. They cut out something that was, was essential to the story what did it, they about, the, about the yeah. nanogenes. And it just, oh, right. Did they? They cut did that they out? Cut that out? They cut oh. out a um a, like You're a joking. reference to it, not not the whole thing, just a little bit, but it was just enough that again, the crux of the story. For those of you if you haven't seen it yet, please just fast forward a second. But um, the conclusion of the story, of course, yeah, is the doctor alert, with the you know holding these nano genes, and you want moves, Rose, that whole bit. That scene builds. It builds the, the nanogenes build to a certain crescendo, and if you don't include them, it doesn't work right. And I'm just, I'm tired of non-creative people making creative decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you know they're, they're suits that are making these decisions. It, it's, it's what my good friend Danny calls the intern mentality. Some intern got a job now at the Sci-Fi Channel, and boy, oh boy, is he going to make his mark. In, oh, he or yeah, well, she is going to make his mark in television. The whole entire network is run by interns, if that's the case. You know what I mean? I just, <laughs> just stop this. Just stop trying to reinvent the wheel. Be a TV network. Show your content. Show your commercials, and then shut the hell up. <laughs> I think whatever passion they had for science fiction, whoever, whatever individuals had that passion for science fiction to build a network on it, I have long since gone because um, the sci-fi channel that originated, I don't know how many years ago, is not the same that it is today. But now this it's is all a rubbish network that has, uh, we, we can always talk about a number of things having potential and wasted potential, but this is a network that airs Battlestar Galactica, which is a quality show. And Ghost Hunters. <laughs> oh, okay. And so we do have, Okay, and and does air Doctor Who only simply because they've got eight million emails from fans like us who are saying, "Are you going to pick up Doctor Who?" Um, BBC America doesn't show the show because it doesn't properly represent the BBC. You know, which I think you know, is you know stupid. What? Of course, it's stupid. It's well, the BBC stupid. is a worldwide corporation, and they have BBC World and BBC News Twenty Four. They are a big corporation they're only from a, a little island just off the, moored off the coast of europe but they have the real power and i think that someone at the bbc some fat cat has just sat there rubbing his hands together and said okay we can sell the yanks some stuff and we'll market it as bbc america why why not just have the bbc presence that shows they don't they don't even show all the time BBC made programs. They buy stuff from Channel Four and ITV. Right, and show exactly. It. It's an independent so, company. Rather than just it. bounce yeah. the signal and convert it and put They're it on here, just banking on the BBC name and logo. That's it. Yeah. And well, if if they they should, it, it, to my mind, they shouldn't be the BBC America. They should be branded something with. Be in the title to make you know it's British. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. other than that, it's, it's not the BBC, so don't market it as that. Because yeah. it's not, mm -hmm. especially if you're False not going to have um, flagship BBC shows like Doctor Who. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, we, we really. We really we, we work, digress. Work, <laughs> no, we, we work both our networks over the coals, and right, rightfully so. You know what? They don't listen to Podshock, they don't care. 
Um, the only thing I can hope, what what happened with Russell T Davies and how Doctor Who got back on the air? It's a, you know it's well documented and he well spoken about by him, where he said that you know uh, Julie Gardner and Mal Young and all the people at the BBC who f- worked their entire career and grew up with Doctor Who finally got in a position of power to make this happen again. <laughs> well, this is really what has to happen now. What has to happen is a guy like you or me or one of our listeners or someone who's, you know, work, you know, is working in a career in television or whatever and finally gets to be in charge and says, "You know what? Guys, now that I'm actually running the show here, we're going to do things a, we're going to do things <laughs> a, a little, little differently." Different. <laughs> exactly. And that's what's happened with Doctor Who. So it it almost is an inspiration to me to say, you know, this really could work if you just had someone who, you know, worked and, and it, Russell T. Davies became a respected writer and producer and, and, and was recognized to me as being talented before he showed his true card up his sleeve. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's what we have you to make do now. It sound so, like he's slowly become... It's all part of his master plan. All part of his master plan. <laughs> I'll become the executive producer of Doctor Who. That's my aim in life, yeah. But, I mean, I can understand. And I, I suppose I don't... The BBC, don't get me wrong, 99 times out of 10, they do a superb job. But, and... you don't, but James, this time change situation is what killed oh, yeah. things like Babylon 5. Well, Babylon 5 came to America, and it was syndicated. And here in New York, as an example, the channel that it was on... Bumped w- the, W-O-R, now UPN9, whatever, the worst station on the planet, uh, dumped it, it, changed its time, its days, Day. all over the place. And they I liked the show, but it, I couldn't figure out when the hell it was on. It was a moving target. <laughs> you just have to like... <laughs> exactly. It was a moving target. It was almost like they said to you, we don't want you to watch this. Go away. And, they, and then Fox <laughs> did the same thing with Firefly. And anybody who's out there, and I know there's plenty of Firefly fans that, that are listening. And, plenty you know, of brown coats. Plenty of brown coats out there. Um, you understand the exact same thing happened with Firefly. Here was a guy um, who was well known for making Buffy the Vampire Slayer and and um, an Angel, respected TV producer, makes a brand new show, and they said, and, and they were all amped up to have him, and then they finally get the show and say, hey, how can we single-handedly destroy this thing on this guy? It's like well, they stop do. the madness. And they even did a now, fi- they did a fine job on it because I missed it altogether. There you go. Well, and even now, they're talking about um, making another series um, because of the success of Serenity, the movie. And since yeah, this well, came to DVD, the DVD mm-hmm. sales have gone through the roof and the Firefly sales have gone through the roof. It just, come on. So well, Fox is now... Fox is now is well known for these mistakes. They did the same thing with Family Guy. They they canceled yes. the program. It yeah. did phenomenal on DVD sales, and they said, "Gee, they do. It's doing so well. Maybe we, yeah, maybe we you made know, a mistake. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we made a mistake. So what was great was when Family Guy came back. They they did a, um, a joke on it where um, you know where he, um, oh my god, the, the father I can't think of his name. Peter starts Peter, going yeah. running down a list of all these episodes. You know, um, you know, maybe we'll come back if. If, if all these other shows, these new Fox shows, get canceled, and yeah, they I ran like he, that. he went on for like <laughs> like five minutes running out all these episodes, there were all these new shows that were canceled, and now they're back. Well, <laughs> you know, 
But they they also did that. Uh, now they're doing that with Futurama. Now they they're they're going to be make some um, new Futurama episodes that will be new to DVD, and they're going <laughs> to see how sales. Can't believe it, can you? And they're going to see how sales <laughs> go with this, and if sales are are do well. They will bring Futurama back. You know what? Just, big ugh. Big Finish had the right idea, and they said we're going to take the Doctor Who license, and the people who want it will buy it. And and that's the end of it. And they just they make what they they made what they made. I mean, now of course the show is back on. But but this but this is, you know what, guys? I'm gonna I'm gonna make a prediction here. This is the future of entertainment. People are gonna creative people are gonna be forced to make their own thing and release it on their own. Now with the internet, you just have to get the word out there that there's something good. And screw all these other things. That's what's okay. happening with podcasting. We're an example of what of an alternative, of a way that, that people who are tired of the crap on the radio and television and all the stuff they're fed by a bunch of suits in an, on a boardroom that yeah. have to go to a, 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 a survey company to figure out if something's good, we're <laughs> an example of the alternative. You can listen to Podshock because Lewis and James and I don't have anybody to answer to. Sometimes yeah, that's a bad thing. <laughs> no, 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 that's never a bad thing. Um, but we don't have a corporation well, that we have to answer to. There's no one looking over our shoulders. No one what looking Ken's over saying. our shoulders. So, I mean, and that's the future of entertainment. That's why uh, there's a whole discussion thread on our forums about tech TV and G4 and what happened with that. And, and it's exactly what I said now. today In today's world, it's all moving to the internet, and we're going to get programming tailored just for our needs right Thank there. Well, like, here, here on Long Island, Lewis, you know, they, there's, there's a lot of discussion about the newspaper Newsday. It's a it's a it's a well known mm -hmm. paper nationally as well, but it, it's headquartered here in, in um, Long Island. Melville. And um, you know they're talking about how circulation is down or whatever. Yeah, because I don't read the newspaper. I read my news on the internet. Yeah, well, it, you know, goes that that saying, "Print is dead." In that sense, you know, as far as that news is concerned, in this age of information, if I want to, you know, if I want to um, get. The sports scores, why would I wait for the paper tomorrow when I can click on it and watch the event happen live on the Internet? So, yeah. uh, uh, again, we're digressing, well, but this is so it's, important. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. so important. It's, it's important because the listeners of Podshock, first of all, embracing this alternative media – uh, they're, they're obviously the people who are listening are visionaries. They're people who understand this. But – we have to express this, and we have to embrace it, and we have to support it. Well, exactly. The Gallifreyan Embassy went from a printed newsletter that was printed once a month, or if we were lucky, uh, yeah. <laughs> to um, ma mailed out via snail mail, to now an interactive website and a podcast, and it's all digital. Yeah. Um, it's instant. just, you know, I'm just, I'm just really, I'm fed up with, with, with hearing about movies that they, you know, they went to um, uh well, they do this with commercial radio, which is why I'm not. I'm. I, I have four radio stations that the Hair Hut is on, and not a single one of them is a commercial radio station where I answer to someone who tells me what I need to play. Um, the the reasoning is I don't need to go sit with a focus group to know what's good. All I have to do yes, is listen to what my listeners want. They'll call, they'll email, they'll write, and of course the you know the Podshock people do that in abundance. They tell us we like the long show, we like the short show, we like when you do this, we don't like when you do that. We listen. 
and we adjust our show accordingly. And one of the things they want me to do is shut the hell up, so I'm going to do that. Sorry, while this is on my mind, I just wanted to point out, just as a, as a point in fact, we're recording today, which is um, Sunday, May 14th. Today is the exact 10th anniversary of the Paul McGann Doctor Who movie. Wow. Tuesday, Tuesday, May 14th, 1996 on the Fox Was Network. it the 14th? Yes, sir. Well, I wrote it on the videotape, and I'm holding it in my hand. Oh, okay. I thought it was, for some reason, the 16th. Come, I, you know I, what? I'm going to, just to double check it, I'm going to lean over and grab one of my reference it, manuals. It's, it's hard to keep in mind all the <laughs> premiere dates, and especially May, when you have all the Star Wars movies coming out in May. And I have a... <laughs> I have a few of the the you know the uh, unauthorized guys. One year guys ago and... was um, we were standing online almost a year ago. Yes, yeah, that's true. That, that's right. Three. So, but um, uh, well, well, but, yeah. Well, let's move on to the next news stories since we're right, yes, uh, it is tight the fourteenth, by the way. Okay. According okay. To, so. It was an even number. I knew that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so on to the next. I know we've spent a. a, a a lot of time on on working these Ranting networks over the, the calls, BBC but you know what? Let them call. let them have it. They deserve it. They get what they yeah, deserve. Yeah. But they this do. ties into the next story. Story as far as um, quality television and and not having suits looking over your shoulder because it's it seems that Russell T Davies was given that where he came onto the show thinking that he was going to have to wrestle with the BBC to get what he wants to get done and, and do what he wanted to do. But it seems um, he has gotten his way and, um, and he's being recognized and the show is being recognized for that because mm -hmm. uh, they're with the BAFTA Awards, that's the British Academy of Film and Television Arts, uh, they awarded Doctor Who three uh, wins at the most recent BAFTA TV Awards. And um, that includes um, um, the Audience Award for Best Program of 2005, um, that was, and that's voted by the public, as well as a prize for Best Drama Series. And Russell, D. Dave, Russell T. Davies also um, got the David Potter Award, Dennis, Dennis Potter, I'm sorry, Dennis Potter Award for Outstanding Writing for Television. So um, cheers yeah. and, and kudos but, to all involved. It's a, it's yeah. a, a, um, to, me, to me, audience um, awards are the only ones worth watching because, you know, you'll see like, oh, this is the, the Screen Actors Guild Award. And what? So, so a bunch of actors, you know, congratulate each other on how brilliant they all think they are. That that means nothing. What means something is that people actually watch the show, or watch the movie. That's mm. what that's what means something. And then even uh, well, George Lucas won for the the People's Choice Award for, for Episode Three, and he said, "Well, this is what means something. People actually watch the movie, <laughs> liked it, and I'm getting an award mm. for it." It's like mm. who you know. Uh, and and it's not any not to be disrespectful to anybody who actually makes the show and votes on mm. it, but there's always an agenda behind the scenes. Titanic won Best Picture because every human being in Hollywood worked on it. <laughs> there wasn't a person in any of the unions that didn't have their finger in that pot. Yeah, That's you know I, I couldn't lose. You know so but but the people when the people speak that's that's that's. What, Anyway, I'm I'm getting I'm I'm digressing because like the second week in a row, I just get well, so frustrated. I, yeah, I, but on a related note, I do want to just um, thank our up. listeners. Speaking of pe what the people think, um, we've never asked for this, and we're not going to start asking for it. But uh, it was brought to my attention by Joe Barlow, the host of Cinema uh, Cast, uh, Cinema Slave. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Cinema Slave podcast. 
<laughs> um, well, of course, he, he made a mention of... of <laughs> he, well, let me explain. Um, on my way home the other day, I'm just listening to Cinema Slave, and Joe had mentioned that uh, he congratulated Doctor Who Pachak on, and I was, you know, I, I had no idea we were up for congratulations, but uh, we were at that time number four in um, on um, Podcast Alley. Uh, they podcastalley.com for those that don't know is a place a website where listeners can vote for their favorite podcasts and we were ranked in as number four of all in their film and movies category um, which we had no idea about it until Joe brought it to my attention I, I immediately called Ken to like, <laughs> check it out because uh-huh. I, I you know we don't follow that and uh, um, and and and, and, the re- and Joe you know also said you know that he was pleased at the time we were beating cinema cinema cast podcast that's why that was in my head because i was thinking about what joe had said in his oh, they, have podcast. A, they have a little rivalry going i i guess I've, i have to be honest i've never listened to cinema cast because cinema slave is my is my show is <laughs> and that's yeah. so um <laughs> so we do want to thank all those uh all these uh, unsolicited listeners that uh voted for us and it's much say, appreciated yeah. and uh, yeah. we've we've had um i'm just looking at the page now we're back down to um number five um, but uh, we have had uh, 158 votes so far. Of, of that, 77 have been in May. That's quite a lot, a large proportion when you think about it. 77 votes. Yeah, and like I said, it's Good. even more so special because we never asked. We never, we, yeah. you know, there, there are other podcasts that sometimes ask their listeners, "Don't forget to vote for us." Yada yada yada, and we just don't go down that road. And you know, and so this is all unsolicited people, you know, that are voting for us and. Um, you know, so we just normally we don't keep track of it, but uh, we do want yeah, to thank to, those. To be that... honest with you, I I don't follow those things because I, I could spend my life worried about whether we're number seven yeah. or number five. Yeah, you <laughs> know, what I mean? and, and and that's one of those things I would I would probably like, you know, like parts of my hair would be pulled out and like. <laughs> and you need it for hair, huh? You so <laughs> I was just saying, my I only have I have very short fingernails. They would be down to the bone if I kept chewing them over those things too. Um, but I have enough I have to... nervous issues to, to worry about that too. But but, but just, it is just... it is it's very humbling to to think that people uns, in in an unsolicited form say you know we appreciate it and, and good job. So thank you. Yeah, yes, thank you very thank much. You so much. Because uh, not to worry Ken or anything, but we are currently number fifty one on oh. podcast. Oh, I think we're going to need Valium. <laughs> well, that, that that's overall, James, overall, right? Yeah. That's, but there's, yeah. there's we're still thousands. in the top five of yeah, which is I mean that's no small feat. Yeah, I'm well. I'm impressed with that, and because uh, I mean we broke into the featured on iTunes I think a while ago. I don't know if we're still mm-hmm. there, but yeah, it's great I... that people people have started reviewing us on iTunes as well, which uh, is quite humbling to see what people write about us and things. <laughs> So thank you, everybody. It's, it's Again, really I would lose sleep if I knew what people were saying about me. So I'm just it's all very back. good, surprisingly. Oh, well, uh, that, thanks, James. You you just filter out the good stuff and give me. You're like you're like like Pravda to me. You just give me the news that the government wants me to know. Okay. So so uh, guys, is this uh, that pretty much wrap it up for news? Or do we have anything yeah, else? Yeah. Well, yeah. there's one last thing that we could oh. kind of mm-hmm. talk about just briefly. Briefly. I'm not sure. going to talk about this too much because I, I realize that time is against us. Um, but I just wanted to make, make a mention that the Idiot's Lantern uh, press release has been released. That's a very badly worded sentence. Um, but of course, uh, uh, the Idiot's Lantern 
which we reported on, uh, I think, pretty much as soon as the, the episode titles were coming out, uh, is a, a Mark Gatiss story. It's, it's going to be uh, episode seven broadcast mm-hmm. on the 27th of May. So after, of course, the, the Age of Steel. Um, but just to confirm what we were saying about it, is this is directly from the press release. Uh, it says, it's 1953, the coronation year of Her Majesty the Queen Elizabeth II, and the people of Great Britain huddle around their television sets to witness the great event. But behind the celebrations, there are rumours of monsters on the streets, and the tormented Mr. Magpie is hiding in a strange and alien secret in Doctor Who, the Idiot's Lantern. David Tennant plays the Doctor, Billy Piper plays Rose, and Ron Cook plays Mr. Magpie. So, yeah, it is indeed based around uh, the coronation, uh, which is what and, we and, and the birth of television, right? Wasn't that the start Correct. of the BBC? Pretty much, yeah. I think it was one of the first things that they ever broadcast. Um, broadcast. I think that was like the, the goal was to get it on the air, you know, to get television together so that the nation could share that. Or uh, I'm, I'm a little rusty, unfortunately, on my history of the BBC. I only know how to bash them. Um, um, <laughs> stop that! <laughs> but I, I believe no. You praise them equally amount as well. So yeah. 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 So right. <laughs> anyway, that was just the last thing that I wanted to make mention of, just to say okay. that our, our theories were correct. So I apologize. <laughs> the theories, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> we're in some laboratory somewhere. <laughs> All right. Pour that in there now to make better television. <laughs> we'll be right back with more Doctor Who pod shock and comedy too. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Slayton, and you're listening to Doctor Who pod shock. There's still no one. It should take another 24 hours, which means we've got time to kill. That old lady's staring. Probably wondering what four people can do inside a small wooden box. <laughs> <laughs> what are you captain of? The Innuendo Squad. Wait, um. The TARDIS, you can't just leave it, doesn't it get noticed? Yeah, what's with the police box? Why does it look like that? It's a cloaking device. It's called a chameleon circuit. The TARDIS is meant to disguise itself wherever it lands. Like, if this was ancient Rome, it'd be a statue on a plinth or something. But I landed in the 1960s, it disguised itself as a police box, and the circuit got stuck. So it copied a real thing, there actually was police boxes? Yeah, on street corners. Phone for help before they had radios and mobiles. If they arrested somebody, they could shove them inside till help came. Like a little prison cell. Why don't you just fix the circuit? I like it, don't you? I love it. But that's what I meant. There's no police boxes anymore, so doesn't it get noticed? Ricky, let me tell you something about the human race. You put a mysterious blue box slap bang in the middle of town. What do they do? Walk past it. Now stop your nagging. Let's go and explore. What's the plan? I don't know. Cardiff, early 21st century, and the wind's coming from the east. Trust me, safest place in the universe. We're gonna... Okay, we're back with Doctor Who Pachak. Yeah, we're going to do... Uh... Sorry. That's okay. I was going to say we're back with Doctor Who Pachak, but Lou beat me to it. And... <laughs> I thought maybe you were waiting for me, so I <laughs> no, okay. figured I'd jump in there. <laughs> By all means, go right ahead. <laughs> uh, and we're doing our review of The Girl Boom in the Town. Fun... Oh, okay. Bo- well, Boomtown first? Was in... Well, in our tradition of doing the 2005 series review before okay. the series two... You know, so this way, anyone that ha- wants to skip, you know, past, you know, series two, you know, can. Yes. And... Okay, so let's talk about Boomtown, which uh, this this episode sort of I don't know how to say crept up on me, or you know, I mean, empty ch- empty child doctor dances that two parter, and then to have the two part season finale, you know, the the last two episodes are a two parter as well, so this. 
one little episode is sort of snuck in there mm-hmm. um, to bridge the gap. And are we going spoiler free on this or no? No, no. We are assuming it now that you've that seen you've it. Seen it's it. been on okay. the Sci-Fi Channel. So once once it gets ahead. on the Sci-Fi Channel, we're assuming everyone's seen it now. And if you haven't, yeah. sorry. Um, <laughs> it, it, nice to see a new series, Baddie Return. You know, mm. the f- yeah, that was kind of interesting because you know you, it's not very much the case with Doctor Who's in the same season that you'll get or the same series, same year that you'll get a returning villain. From, from its own year. Yeah, and and in this case, um, uh, first of all, nice that you know it takes place in Cardiff. That, that that's a lot of fun. There's a you know reoccurring, um, yeah, with Cardiff, you know, for for a number of reasons, some comical and some you know just simply because. Um, but in this episode, one of the things I was very disappointed with Sci-Fi Channel. The preview on the BBC at the end of Dr. Dances was wonderful, where after this emotional, you know, everybody lives, uh, Rose, everybody lives, that whole scene, the Doctor Who scrolls across the screen, and you see, you know, next time, and the Doctor picks up the newspaper, and he goes, just when I was having such a wonderful day, or whatever, and he holds (laughs) up the picture of, you know, new mayor of Cardiff, or whatever, it was brilliantly set up for the following week and sci-fi channel just blew it they put the boom <laughs> in boomtown no they took the boom out of boomtown for me but i i really like this episode too um just because again great to see uh, margaret back mm-hmm. um or blonde fell Foch, i believe is her Play- name yeah, played like by that. Annette uh, Badlin, who was um, excellent in the part. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I, this was one of those um, episodes where not a great deal was going on, but I loved the vibe and the feel mm-hmm. of the show. And also it was great to see so many wonderful shots of Cardiff um, <laughs> and to get uh, Captain Jack. Mm-hmm. This was kind of his, you know you could tell that he was getting comfortable with the Doctor and, and Rose and things and uh, fitting right in because there's a scene where like the Doctor's on a ladder fixing something mm-hmm. and um, Captain Jack is talking to Rose and uh, and they have this, this scene about, uh, you know, uh, going out for drinks or whatever. They're talking about going out for drinks and uh, or having, having a kiss, I think, possibly. And the yeah. and the doctor says, um, you know, uh, that the, the, they're commenting on things, and the doctor says, "But I'm worth it," you know. Yes, it's kind right. of also <laughs> leading into the fact that uh, Captain Jack. Well, aside from you learn that pretty much in, in the Doctor dances, but he's he's a 51st century kind of guy, bisexual. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I have a drink. Dealt in the show. Have a drink yeah, now, a by drink. the way, for those who are playing drink. the Podshock drinking game. <laughs> um, y- yes, and actually, l- leading into the girl in the fireplace review, I'm just I'll, I'll just a little minor preview. Fifty um, first century guy being the, a certain metaphor in the show, the Doctor dancing being another metaphor in the show. Uh, I, I one of my favorite things in art is metaphors. You know, to have something be um, allegorious, you know, something that that means something else, and 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 that you explore it, and you're exploring other issues, and and this these little things are to me what what separates 
reality show crap from Doctor Who, from the thing that we enjoy. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time there was a metaphor on Survivor? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Are you following me? This, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Here you have. They don't have to hire script writers. They don't. It's a cheap way to get ratings and get television made. All these like re- reality shows. But great uh, art, Lou. You of all people, being an artist, great art is about metaphor, a, about that exploration. Yeah, I know. But that, but that, but that's what I'm saying. That there is none on these reality shows. It's just a cheap way. It's 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 quick. um a way to get a quick bang for the buck. You know, yeah, and, and get a lot of money in return. You're not going to get any well. substance from reality shows, that's for sure. You know, and um, not the way they're situated now. I mean, it's it's really what you said. It's that's what brings that's what that's what art is about. I mean, um, that separates you know great TV shows from from crap. Right, right. <laughs> and then, but and this this episode again, you know, it, 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 there's an example of that too. And, and there's also. Um, a, a light environmental message, you know, green yeah. kind well, of message. Going yeah, it on sort too. of echoes back to like green death in a sense, you know, with um, you know, in the Pertwee eras where environmental concerns were that 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 were um, you know, ro- rose to the public's conscious consciousness. Well, I got news for and- you; they're still there. Oh yeah, of course they're, they're still ignored. there. You, you, well, that's the whole Bush mentality, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's still there, and and this episode explores that. It it also explores other themes such as uh, consequences that the you know once the doctor leaves, there you know doesn't mean everything's all wrapped up in a tidy bow, and and things you know ha- you know we've seen this with the long game as well, well the long game as well as what's going to come next in the next episode. Um, where where things sometimes when he leaves things he there are consequences and mm. um, and this explores that as well with um, with um, blonde, um, blonde whatever her fox. name is yeah thank you <laughs> but, where she if she, if she if he brings her home he she's going to face execution and it's just you know it's something that that he has to think about yeah, yeah. I, by the way I I, I want to just digress for one second being a, a um, we were just talking about environmental concerns. There's a documentary coming to the theaters May 24th called "An Inconvenient Truth," and it's about oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know about the environment and and some of the 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 real consequences of of what you know what's happening today. I haven't seen it, so I I, I can't I don't want to get this into like a you know a political discussion because I I can't attest to its validity. But it just you know we were talking about the fact that there are people who are still trying to you know enlighten us and enlighten the world that you know our lifestyle needs to be altered a little bit um for future generations and doctor who has always made a stand about that uh throughout the years in the show um mm-hmm. by showing consequence and you know it, it we all it, it almost seems like which is giving it lip service, you know, even just in television. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, wow, yeah, Doctor Who, yeah, they're talking about you know <laughs> nuclear power. Yeah, that that's bad. Yeah, um, okay, you know, next. Um, and so, it's just something to think about, and 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 something that I, I, you know, I'm getting a little bit serious on it, but it's important. Well, it's uh, 2006. It marks the 20th anniversary of Chernobyl in 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 Russia, and um, well, the the former Soviet Union, and 
um, you know, it, it's something that we all need to be concerned about. I mean, the, the Earth will be here one way or the other, but whether or not humans will inhabit <laughs> right, it like George, is another story like altogether. Like George Carlin said, the Earth is going to be around. You know, the, the two things that will continue to be here are plastics and the Earth. <laughs> we'll, we'll be gone. <laughs> you know, it may be inhabited by cockroaches might be the problem. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Well, don't worry. Moment. After the... After the apocalypse comes, the only two things left will be Twinkies and cockroaches. <laughs> the two, two things designed to withstand a nuclear war. Anyway, well, we're, just, we're just completely off track now. That but reminds me of, uh, I'm going to go off, but that reminds me of Family Guy that we were talking about before, where they go to a Twinkie factory. After in, in the nuclear <laughs> holocaust to try and get something to eat. You just reminded me of that. I'm sorry, that's, <laughs> that's completely true. off topic. Let's forgot about that, yeah. Boomtown. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we're back on well, Boomtown. <laughs> Stay there, on there's talking. a... There's another parallel here because now um, uh, Bloomfell, Bloom, what's her name? Blomfell. Blomfell. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm creating like a James Bond villain, villain name now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's, uh, she's now the last of her family. She's all alone, which kind of parallels the doctor mm. in a way. And, uh, um, you know, so she kind of t- takes on pity with that uh, woman in the bathroom in the, in the, in the water closet where she, she's going off about, you know, she's with child and, and all that. And she kind of, so th- there's some sort of character development there. And there's a, um, a parallel theme running with her and the doctor. And um, it, it's just, and it's interesting to see that, you know, in the past, you know, the, Again, the doctor sort of just fights, you know, the villain, so to speak, without any thought, you know. But I can't yeah. say, you know, there's Genesis of the Daleks, whether or not he should destroy the Daleks and all that, you know. But I, mean, I can't say that he never thinks about the consequences. But um, it's interesting to seeing that explored in this story uh, in Boomtown. I gather it's not always like this. Having to wait. I bet you're always the first to leave, Doctor. Never mind the consequences, off you go. You butchered my family and then ran for the stars, am I right? But not this time. At last you have consequences. How does it feel? I didn't butcher them. Don't answer back, that's what she wants. I didn't. What about you? You had an emergency teleport, you didn't zap them to safety, did you? It only carries one. I had to fly without coordinates. Ended up in a skip on the Isle of Dogs. It wasn't funny. Sorry. It is a bit funny. (laughs) (laughs) Do I get a last request? Depends what it is. I grew quite fond of my little human life. All those rituals. Brushing at the teeth and the complicated way they cook things. There's a little restaurant just round the bay. It became quite a favourite of mine. Is that what you want? A last meal? Don't I have, right? Oh, like she's not going to try to escape. Except I can never escape the doctor, so where's the danger? I wonder if you could do it. Sit with the creature you're about to kill and take supper. How strong is your stomach? Strong enough. I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've seen you fight your enemies. Now dine with them. You won't change my mind. Prove it. There are people out there. If you slip away just for one second, they'll be in danger. Except, I've got these. You both wear one. If she moves more than 10 feet away, she gets sapped by 10,000 volts. Margaret, would you like to come out to dinner? My treat? Dinner in bondage. Works for me. This is, a, this is an interesting story in that it's, um, it's very event-driven, more so than, let's say, action-driven. And, and I mean, there's, yeah. still, there's still some action in it. But the, the crux of the story is the dinner table scenes and some things yes. like that, and the, and, and the bathroom scenes and the stuff. You know, these one-on-one these -on -one dialogues and, and these morality plays more so than, you know, my God, there's a bomb, we need to stop it or something like that. Yeah, but it, my take on that was that it was really nice. It was a change of pace for the show, mm -hmm. um, yeah. which is well, kind of what it needed, I think, after the it Dr. Needed exactly, and, 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 go, and leading into the series the season finale you need to have a little calm before the storm yeah you needed I'm to sure have that the cast quiet and crew, uh, after filming the doctor Dan i don't i mean i don't know if they went through it sequentially but they will have needed a rest after doing all of that i'm sure uh, especially the special effect guys so um yeah I, you know it, it was i really liked this episode and quite a few people i know who talk of this episode don't like it because it's not as racy as the others. It's not as fast paced. Right. But I liked it and it was more of a, a feel good episode, I think. But, and it, but it again, kind of... in, in very doctor who terms, yes, it, it's, it's what we expect from doctor who, which, which is not every story is the same way. There are some right. stories that are, quiet talky episodes there are some episodes that are action-packed there are some that are sad some that are happy you know it's, it's why the show has lasted so long is that its ability to change directions at any given moment to pivot from story to story and and this is a great example of that i, I like the story a lot i it's again i think it suffers the um if it suffers from being memorable, it's only because it's sandwiched between these monumental episodes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's really the only reason why it sort of gets brushed over, I think. Uh, but overall, again, this is another example of maybe not the best story of the season, maybe not the strongest one, but when you put the whole the context of the entire season... Again, there, this is not a weak point in the season. This is what I'm talking about, about how yeah. strong mm -hmm. the season is. If this is, the, like we said with, um, with, with the, long the long game, game if this is the worst it gets, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, wow, I'll si sign me up for 10 more of these if this is the worst <laughs> it gets. Yeah, well, exactly right. Yeah, it's also another. Um, this story also brings back Mickey, and there's some yes. more character development with him, mm. where he's now seeing someone else, and Rose has to deal with that, and um, you know because she did leave him behind, and um, so there was just a. It gave an opportunity for a little further development of the Mickey character, Mickey Smith. Mm. That is, um, well, yeah, and, and as we're going to come to see in 
Series 2, this, this, Mickey started, for me, when we first saw Rose, the episode Rose for the first time, Mickey was sort of the, okay, we are establishing that, you know, she's got a little background, a mom, a boyfriend. You know, that's what, really what I took Mickey as. And then he's actually started to grow as the show yeah. goes on where mm-hmm. he's reoccurring. And what I was explaining to some friends yesterday who I'm you know, just introducing to Doctor Who to, these, to some new friends and new fans, um, unlike the old show where there was very strict companions, the new show has a companion, let's say, or companions, plural, <laughs> and, but also has um, some reoccurring characters that will pop in and out. Uh, again, maybe hearkening back to the unit years where sometimes Sergeant Benton was in a story and then sometimes he wasn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he was still there. Yeah, yeah, you were aware of him and he was an important character in the, in the big picture of, of the show. And that's um, what, I'm, what I'm liking from, again, from Russell, from Russell T. Davies' and, and, and new version. He, yeah, and he builds them. They're not two-dimensional. He builds them into 3D characters. And you're going to learn even more about Mickey um, in, in Season 2 with Rise of the Cybermen and, um, you know, even more so. Yeah. So th- there's more to come. Yeah. And, Definitely. And just, I mean... And, and, and one of the things that I, I've made mention in the past about, um, about Mickey and in particular Noel Clark, uh, this was a character that could very easily be a boob. You know, just, just a... a, a um, what, like you said, one-dimensional... Um, very cardboard, you know, mm. and he takes the character and still makes him a little, goofy. Yeah. little goofy, but there's another side to him. Yeah. And mm. yeah, maybe he's, he's a little afraid to travel. You know, he's a little bit of a, you know, he's got a little, little touch where he's like, I don't know if I can do this. And, and there's this reservation and, and under pressure, you can still see he cracks a little and some stuff like that. But at the same time, he's been allowed to be the hero or allowed to be the tin dog. <laughs> Zero to hero. Yeah, you know, that kind of thing. And, and Well, what's interesting is that the character, itself, the character himself knows it too, you know. And, and, and again, you'll see that in series two in the, in, in the 2006 series where, you know, he realizes that, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't want to be the tin dog. And, yeah. You know. I, I also I want I – mean, there's something that was on my mind um, in, in particular about – Noel Clark and about the character of Mickey. Um, Lewis, was a gentleman years ago wrote for um, the Jersey Jaguars newsletter. Um, um, Chris? No, uh, Armstrong. Armstrong was, um, I'm blanking out on the, on the fellow's first name. Um, but he wrote an article once which was very well written about racism and doctor. James Armstrong. James Armstrong, that's right wrote an, um, a, a well-written piece about racism in Doctor Who. And he actually analyzed it very well through the years, showing the lack of, of black characters. And I'll use black be- very specifically because in America we get very PC to say Afro-American, but James is in UK. And, yeah, and we you know, say, you know what I mean? say just, black. Yeah. And you say yeah, black. Well, I always say black okay. as well. So fair but, enough. You know, we've, we've established it, that. It's, it's a bit silly, I think, to be not to insult anybody, but you, know, you don't say white. You don't say European-American. Right. It's, it's white. You just be consistent. It seems So we're gonna, yeah. we'll be well, consistent. We're, we're going to establish, because we're a world podcast, that I'm going to use yeah, the term it's, black. We're international. I'm yeah, trying, international. To, trying to be as, you know, trying to not, I don't want to get anybody <laughs> sending me nasty emails. 
Uh, no. But they wrote a, wrote a, a very well-written article about the lack of black characters in Doctor Who and the way they were treated and, and some certain things. And it was a documented um, story about William Hartnell that he, perhaps he, he had some prejudices and things like that. You notice in the, it was his very last episode where we finally saw a, a, a black actor in, in the story and such, and uh, they never interacted, some things like that. And, and, and this article goes out to point out the, the show's history with that. The show now showing a reflection of the 21st century and Russell T. Davies and things like that. Um, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is that Rose has a black boyfriend and they never address that. They, the, mm. what, I'm, what I'm saying this is... It's not what, an issue. I, I know. What, what, what I'm getting to, what, what I'm getting off my chest is that I'm so... <laughs> th- th- this gives me hope for the future when I look and see that when I see interviews with Noel Clark, when I see documentaries, the issue is not even brought up. But why should it's it not be? An issue. I, I know that, maybe, but, maybe I, but, I know, because... but I know in certain shows, perhaps like if this was happening in the United States, Noel Clark might be on a talk show and they'd say, well, you have an interracial relationship. You follow me? Like there'd still be some kind of issue about that. And it, it makes me so proud to be a Doctor Who fan that it's just simply not an issue. But I, I don't if understand. you follow what I mean. I, I do follow yeah. what you're saying, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know whether it's just because I'm, I'm not American and I, I don't know how things get down over there, really. But um, it, it's... James, I think he watches too much American TV chat shows. And perhaps I've made more of this than I should have. But as someone who... I know what you're saying, though. It, it does seem to... I must admit that on certain programs, um, not... It's not really that much of an issue in the UK. It's never. I mean, take for instance, um, from the, just more examples from Doctor Who. Eugene Washington in School Reunion. That's the second series. Mm-hmm. And of course, the guy who plays. Um, I think he's a general or um, uh, yes, a brigadier or a co- colonel, something like that. In the Christmas, the, the invasion. head of unit, the chap mm-hmm. who's high up in unit. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's and then. And well, I don't want to give anything away, but we have Rise of the Cybermen. We have the president, yes, as well. Yeah, but, I mean, it's just it's not an issue. And I, I yeah, and and I'm not making I, it one. That's not you know again not what I'm saying. I'm, yeah, I'm, but it's I'm, just I'm, other programs do, and it's stupid that they the do other programs these. do. And and here we are, a year and a half into this new series, and even longer when you think about the fact that we've known the casting and such for you know months before the show even aired. Yeah, and it's I mean, never cause... talked about, never addressed. It's just simply not, like you say, James, just not an issue. And, yeah, I mean, and that makes me proud. You yes, follow me? Like, yeah. there's, a, there's some I hope do, yeah. for us now. Is that, is yeah, that, is that, it, is that wrong it, to say that I, I, I can feel good about that? These things are <laughs> being, just well, that we're, at we're least, moving at fo- least in the, the world is moving forward. Well, well, no, no, no don't say the world. At least the, maybe the UK and the rest of the world. <laughs> Let's, oh, come let's not on. be so generous. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I just find that um, I, I can't understand why it is an issue, and I can't understand why people find it necessary to like segregate people into African American or um, yeah, Black British or whatever. It's it's just it seems to me to be so patronizing. Yeah. You know, like how dare well, how dare you classify someone it, into 
you know, it just seems I mean, really what's, stupid. What's great about, you know, um, when astronauts first landed, well, when astronauts first circled the, the Earth was looking down at the at Earth and seeing it without any borders, and it's all one world. We all, mm. I mean, I consider myself a, a citizen of, of this planet first before a, a citizen of the U.S. or, or whatever country I, I may be a citizen of. But it happens to be the U.S. But, <laughs> but I mean, that's I, I'm, 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 I'm of this world. So I see James as my fellow brother, if you will, and, and yeah. it doesn't matter that he's in England or um, well, in the it, UK yeah. or whatever. I mean, you know, it's, it's you see, see it, that comes first, and then you know the the rest comes second. You know, you see but, it all the time when you wander around university and things. You know, there's people yes. from Iran, from Iraq, from. Uh, Africa, from Eastern Europe, from Asia, from America. Oh, the, every single country in the world is represented on most university campuses across the world. Yeah, and that's in so some nice. reasons, so it, it's one of the reasons really to go and, and further education in either college or university because, um, I, you know, I always, we talk about things like, you know, furthering your education and going to college. Uh, there's more to it than the X's and O's that you're actually putting together in the class. There's the interaction with other people and the interaction of, of the dialogue. The actual campus life is half of the experience, more so yeah. than, you know, mixing chemicals or crunching numbers or writing term papers or something. There's more to it than yeah. that. There's yeah. more and of an experience than that. It's very liberating and, and nice to see that there's no boundaries and it's 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 just makes me think that it's not an issue of race or people it's it's really just governments that are the stupid people who can't get along and everybody else gets on fine really it's oh, just really? idiots it's... high up like tony blair and jack chirac and george bush and how many however long the list is you know mm -hmm. well Bringing us back to Boomtown, um, on a related note, um, since we are an international podcast and, um, and, and this is being shown on the Sci-Fi Channel where U.S. viewers are just watching. Now, that, uh, we should explain that this takes place um, – we already did explain that it takes place in Cardiff and it's um, in Wales. So there's um, – if, James, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of the writing that you see at the train station and, and um, is Welsh, right? Yeah, all of the – um, the, the, It think seems like a lot of consonants on very little vowels. <laughs> yeah, it's it, – there's a great uh, scene where they, where they yes. land in this square, obviously the tires with these huge, great big sort of – uh, metal sculptures with water flowing down and you see mm -hmm. all across the the sort of rim of this building because uh, forgive me i don't know what the building is because i'm not from cardiff but yeah there's there's all welsh written around that and it's uh, that was really really nice to see that that, that they had a, a proper connection to wales other than that they just set up shop there and thought it would be nice to get to wales for a bit of a change they had some kind of local I, i'm quite sad that they've not They've not had any uh, Welsh actually in the show. That would be really cool. Because mm. uh, if you've ever heard Welsh spoken, it's so cool. It, um, <laughs> it, it's, it's a very, very interesting language. Um, not to be disrespectful to the Welsh, but when my girlfriend came, came over to the UK and, and heard uh, a few Welsh people talking on telly, because there's a few Welsh TV stations, 
she was like, is, is this is this playing right? It, I think it's going backwards. <laughs> it's playing backwards. Because <laughs> that's what it sounds like to an extent. But it's a very, very cool and, and interesting language. And, uh, I, I like that they, they had the reference there in Doctor Who, and I think it's necessary. Well, maybe it's just a matter that. of time since it's being shot you know, in Wales that you know, maybe we'll get to hear Welsh spoken on the Yeah, and of, of course, Blyd Droog, uh, Bad Wolf and things. Yes, cool. yes, that's, there you go. That, that nice, was, um, that was it, the only thing. Again, circling back to what we've been talking about, which is the the circle, the circle of life that we talk about is just expanding, and, and you know, even with, like you say, with the Welsh now, let's bring them in, let's let's have a character, let's let's explore this. That's yeah. that's how I'm learning. You know what I mean? Like the, you, we learn from each other. This is what mm-hmm. it's all about. Yeah, one yeah. world, one people, and it's you know, it's the, the human experience is just. Mm-hmm. You know, although other than that, what's the what's the point if we're not going to learn from each other? Exactly. Hello, I've come to see the Lord Mayor. Have you got an appointment? No, just an old friend passing by, a bit of a surprise. Can't wait to see her face. Well, she's just having a cup of tea. Just go in there and tell her the doctor would like to see her. Doctor who? Just the doctor. Tell her exactly that. The doctor. I'm on a tick. The Lord Mayor says, thank you for, for popping by. She'd love to have a chat, but um, she's up to her eyes and paperwork. Perhaps if we could make an appointment f- for next week? She's climbing out the window, isn't she? Yes, she is. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's All right. give our reviews let's, of let's, Boomtown. Yeah, round up. I, we, yeah. Meanwhile, we, we hardly <laughs> talked about Boomtown. People are like... <laughs> I don't know. This pod shock has gone down ever since they went to number five in in that whatever thing. <laughs> ever since they got popular, they really the show just went to crap. <laughs> well, I'm going to give this episode four out of five. I loved it. I love the vibe, the feel of it. Um, again, references uh, to Wales and uh, just the characters. It was a nice change of pace. Um, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a great episode, and uh, it's probably my third favourite out of the uh, entire series, I think, uh, next to uh, Doctor Dance's Stroke, Empty Child, and then and then Dalek. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, it's it's one of my favourites. Yeah, very good. So, Ken or Lewis, I, what do you think? I'll uh, I'll give it four stars as well. I thought it was a very strong episode. I don't think I I just think um, I think the reason. People might think less of it is only that, you know. Again, it's a, it's a it's meant to be a character play as opposed to an action adventure. Yeah. Um, yeah but but it's it. necessary, and I think it just gets it doesn't get the credit it deserves because it's sandwiched between, you know, more epic stories. Also, one thing. Sorry to cut in there, mate. One thing that oh. I completely forgot to mention that I wanted to was, of course, there's a bit of a plot device which leads later for later on, uh, which is alluded to in this episode, which is really important. And I don't want to spoil it, but um, you guys know what I mean. The ending is, is just great. And uh, you couldn't have... it is Because uh, I was just reminded of it when Ken said it's kind of a monumental episode, a very strong episode, important one. But uh, just as kind of a little 
uh, preview of what's to come, I suppose. Very clever. Lewis, I'm sorry, mate. Yes. <laughs> no, I was just, I was, you, you just got me thinking like, okay, what is he referring to? Now I'm thinking, all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of interesting sometimes listening back to these Pachak episodes and things that I didn't catch the first time around. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's what James was talking about. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I just talk a little, talk a little rubbish, don't I? No one gets. No, no, it. no. It's just. Um... <laughs> oh, that's what James is talking. About. No, no, I didn't mean to imply. It. It's just that sometimes. What you mean, mate? Yeah, I, I'm, just, if, I'm, I, I'm adjusting. Does this show sometimes come with subtitles. I'm adjusting the the the, the either the, the the volume levels or whatever the, the and um you know keeping track of the time and all that and then sometimes I'm distracted and then I listen back. Oh yeah, you know, and then I just realized I was editing. Episode thirty-eight, I think, of Doctor Who Podshock, and um, James had uh, was talking about a news story about, and I think about the Elizabeth Sladen interviews, and <laughs> and and like like he's just finished explaining about they're available online, and I chimed in, oh yeah, by the way, you can also ca- they're 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 available on the BBC website. <laughs> I'm like, is where it, the hell it, was my head? What was, I, <laughs> was it, is it well, because of my British accent, mate? Do you know? Yeah, uh, you know what it is. You speak another language, James, so he probably didn't understand it. Um, we're we're, we're two I, two uh, countries separated by a common language, as it was once. Yeah, well, well, as I said, sometimes I'm kind of distracted here with other things. No, no, where in all just fairness, getting the, the podcast done. The three of us are all in front of a computer putting Flicking content away, together yeah. for the show so you know it, it's very easy sometimes to 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 quickly get distracted and, and not realize that the other person is saying exactly what you're thinking um, <laughs> but but james well, just so you know that that's lewis's way of telling you he tunes you out after a certain no 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 <laughs> <laughs> love it brilliant <laughs> I'm okay, sure so the listeners do yes. at some point. Oh yeah, at some point they're like, you know, I'm tired of this. Just shut off the iPod. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, you know, they're, they're clicking around and they're like, I'm sure I've got a soft sell song on here somewhere I can listen to. <laughs> so getting back to Boomtown, since we got to move along. Um, move along. I, I, I did enjoy the episode. I really like the fact that um, it, 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 it took, as Ken said, it, it, a more of a character-driven story. Um, we got to see, you know, the Doctor face his, uh, his enemy, you know, over dinner, so oh, to speak. Face you know, and his enemy, literally. Literally face-to-face. And, um, you know, and, and we're exploring, you know, again, the consequences of his actions and, um, and, and what that really means. And, you know, so I, I really enjoyed it for that aspect. And... Um, I'm not sure. I don't think I could give it four, but I'm going to give it three and a half TARDIS groans. Okay. Um, and uh, um, and like I said, I, I did enjoy it, and it, and it, it was sort of a catch your breath after, you know, Doctor uh, Boom, t- uh, uh, Empty Child, and Doctor Dances, mm-hmm. and right before the next couple episodes. So it's sort of, you know, it it was placed nicely in the series. And in, in a, that respect. in a scheduling note here in the United States. Um, they're taking the Memorial Day weekend off on Sci-Fi Channel. So after Boomtown airs, um, it'll be two weeks. It'll be the first two Fridays of June that we'll see um, a two-parter mm. that will be the season finale. And then the third weekend, the third Friday, I believe they do a marathon of uh, what looks like it's scheduled to be seven episodes. I haven't yeah. checked Sci-Fi.com to see if they've announced the episodes yet, but um, you know, I'm sure... Many of the listeners 
pop over there from time to time on the schedule bot to see what's going on, uh, mostly because they want to, you know, unlike the BBC, the Sci-Fi Channel puts it on on the time it says it's going to be on, or at least so far they have. <laughs> um, but I, we don't know. Maybe some of this is st- this British stuff's going to rub off on them. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, be prepared for anything. Yeah. No, but we, they're, uh, again, they're having a marathon. It's looking like it's seven episodes, if I counted my... Oh, no, uh, no, I, I posted it on our forums. The set. They're, they're actually showing four episodes, and then they're going to oh, start repeating. Oh, they're going to repeat it. Do you know the episodes yeah. yet, Lewis? Yes. Please, yes, please it's... tell me. I'll tell you in a second. I have it. <laughs> no, <It's... laughs> tell me now. <laughs> well, it's in our forums, and the the episodes, it's starting off at 8 p.m. It's Aliens of London, and then 9 p.m. is World War Three. 10 p.m. is Dalek. 11 p.m. is the long game, and then come midnight, we're back to Aliens of London. Uh, 1 a.m. is World Could War Three again, and 2 a.m. Dalek. A weaker string of stories. I was just thinking to put that, together. Yeah. Could they possibly do that? Well, Dalek. Uh, well, I know you're not a huge fan of Dalek, but the Aliens of London and World War Three. Come on, it, they, it, they should have it, picked the empty chair, the Doctor dances. It's so. just you know, it's a good story, but it's but. The fart joke thing could alienate a new viewer, I, yeah. I think. You know what I mean? Like, you, it takes a minute to get the fact of the joke. You know, it takes a yeah. minute to get the joke. Where if they would have strung together... Or, uh, I mean, maybe the um, Empty Child, Dr. Dances, Boomtown, and then uh, Bad Wolf and Parting Aways. Do you five know, do of those them. four. Yeah, it, or, or... Five, rather. Yeah. You know, uh, again, almost anything else, I I don't know. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it's also, I don't know, I just don't understand it, but... Okay, great. You know what? I'm not gonna look. I'm not gonna look. Uh, look a gift horse in the mouth. They're gonna marathon Doctor Who. Let's just make the best of it and watch it and enjoy it. And you know, that's that. So. Yeah. Well, anyone that's just caught the series mid-game, you know, after these episodes ahead, at least gives them an opportunity to catch up a little. Yeah, I mean, in, in, and also in fairness to Sci-Fi Channel, Rose and End of the World, they beat the hell out of those when they first showed them. I mean, they were on back to back to back to back to back, you know, on, you know, yeah, Friday, so maybe Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, They already Thursday, used up Tuesday, their Thursday. their rights to show those. You know, right, they, they right. probably bought certain licensing rights to show and, them X and, amount you know, of times. For all we know, they could take Empty Child through Parting of the Ways and make another marathon, you know, a couple weeks mm-hmm. after. But but I know that Stargate, start, the new Stargate episodes, they've been touting to start um, either late June or or early July or something. Mm. I, I tune out the Stargate stuff, but usually um, th- I just saw that they were saying that the new season's on its way or whatever. So mm. so maybe this will be the only marathon we'll get. So we'll, well see. Time will tell, uh, yes, it, as it often does, but Doctor Who. All right, so now let's so, jump to season two, series two. You- we're going to jump into the fireplace. Uh, with, yeah. Episode, episode four of and, season, yes, two. Right. season two. Uh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. In if case you, you haven't, haven't seen, seen it, it yeah. fast forward now. Get, go, move along. Move along. Oh. That's something you don't see in your average spaceship. 18th century. French. Nice mantle. Not a hologram. It's not even a reproduction. This actually is an 18th century French fireplace. Double-sided. There's another room through there. It can't be. That's the outer hull of a ship. Look. Hello. 
Hello. What's your name? Renette. Renette, that's a lovely name. Can you tell me where you are at the moment, Renette? In my bedroom. And where's your bedroom? Where do you live, Renette? Paris, of course. Paris, right. Monsieur, what are you doing in my fireplace? No, it's just a routine fire check. Can you tell me what year it is? Of course I can. 1727. Right, lovely. One of my favourites. August is rubbish, though. Stay indoors. OK, that's all for now. Thanks for your help. Hope you enjoy the rest of the fire. Night-night. Good night, monsieur. You said this was the 51st century. I also said this ship was generating enough power to punch a hole in the universe, I think. We just found the hole. What's best space temporal hyperlink? What's that? No idea. Just made it up. Don't want to say magic door. And on the other side of the magic door is France in 1727. Well, she was speaking French. Right period French, too. She was speaking English. I heard it. That's the TARDIS translates for you. Even French? Yep. Okay. This is how I'm going to start this review. Ooh, is, ooh. These how boys... will you start it? What's that? I'm just. I'm asking you. How will you start it? I'm going to start <laughs> by saying, <laughs> six days ago to now, till this day, the Sunday that we're recording it, I've seen it. I think 48 times. Wow. I absolutely <laughs> love this story. And I really, great. really, Thank you, really do. <laughs> yeah, that's really, thanks a lot for coming. Bye-bye. Um, I just really, uh, right off the bat, I'm telling you, I'm giving it five TARDIS groans. I mean, how could I open it by saying I really love the story and not give it five TARDIS groans? Um, this, for me, is the turning point for David Tennant. This is where I went from, okay, he's the new I doctor, to I straight I up think, I, you know, wow. He's my doctor. You know, like the way you did with Chris Eccleston. At a certain point with Chris Eccleston, you're like, wow, he's the doctor. To me, this is the David Tennant story where now, everything. Now, why is that? Because I, I, I didn't find that at all. I did not find. I, now, to see, me, Lewis is, just... is going to play the Simon Cowell. I'm not playing anything. I, I think <laughs> I, I did not dislike this episode, but I didn't think it was anything to write home about. It was, First I mean, off, it's, it's okay. Stephen Moffat wrote it. Um, mm-hmm. I loved Empty, Ch- Empty Child Doctor Dances. Uh, and, it, and, and cut from a similar cloth, I felt. Not, not dark. It was, you know, where Empty Child, Doctor Dances was a dark thing. This went in a different direction. But to me, the guy's a home run hitter. And that's no disrespect to any other writers. I like a lot of the writers on the show. As a matter of fact, I like almost all of the writers on the show. Uh, but Stephen Moffat, just everything, just whatever he thinks of, just seems to click with me. The story speaks to me. The story takes Doctor Who to another level. Um, there are line after line after line in this story that are just brilliant, brilliant. Such as, such as what do the mon- what do monsters have nightmares about? And the Doctor me. says, "Me." Mm. That's the show. I I don't know. I I saw it twice. I don't remember that line. I do. It's when it's after he's uh, frozen. Well, no, before he's frozen the monster, uh, and he. Renette is still a young girl. Place. Yeah. Oh, and okay. he the, the robot locks its mechanical arm into the fi- into the mantle. That's it. Yeah. And the doctor is talking about you know d- don't worry Renette it's just a nightmare and he pulls the lever to make the fireplace spin around. Yeah, I remember that. And and uh, it says even. 
even monsters have nightmares. And she goes, what do monsters have nightmares of? And he goes, me. And he pulls the handle mm, okay. and then pulls out the fire extinguisher, which is just a great scene because it's a fire extinguisher. You know, just typical <laughs> Doctor Who. Not, not a gun, not a knife, a fire extinguisher. And then even Mickey has a line in there like, oh, great, ice gun or something. And he's like, no, fire extinguisher. Um, but that line is sums up 42 and a half years of Doctor Who. What do monsters have nightmares of? The oncoming storm. They have nightmares of the Doctor. Because... Speaking... Yes, go, go ahead. Ken, sorry. No, I was going to say, speaking of the oncoming storm, my favorite scene of this episode, and that's saying a lot because it's... I'm with Ken on this. It's a very good episode. Um, is when they are in the strapped down in the chairs. Yes. And uh, Rose is, is desperately trying to inject some <laughs> fear into these robots. Um, yeah, have you heard of the dialogue? Before they're and... about to be butchered. And, yeah, she, she says, oh, you've heard of the Daleks, haven't you? They, they call the Doctor. They, they call the Doctor. And he waltzes in with a tie yes. around his head. <laughs> yeah. Sunglasses on. Pissed as a fart. It's like a John Hughes movie all of a sudden. But <laughs> <laughs> is laughing and joking brilliantly. The episode has magic. I'm, I'm watching it actually as we speak with the sound down, and I just saw a great little scene. <laughs> it's like a drug. <laughs> it, it's, it's Ken's crack. Everybody. Me, it really is. Let me tell you something. This is Mickey's. His wife is, hasn't even seen him all week. This is Mickey's best episode. He has. I'm just watching it now. There's a scene. It is. There's a scene where Mickey is running down the hall with a fire extinguisher, and he drops and rolls like a marine. It's such a little touch. Like he thinks he's doing something like out of Aliens, you know. <laughs> he drops and rolls, and then the 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 camera that has the human eye in it, and he says, you know, without it being too over the top. Are you looking at me? You know, I mean, come on. Are you looking at me? You know, doing his little De Niro there. But, with you know, without it going too far where it became a spoof, he just simply said, are you looking at me? He didn't deliver it in a De Niro impression or anything or anything mm. like that. It's just, you know, fun, fun stuff. The ship, the production design, the hallways of the spaceship, a little throw, a little throwback to the Nostromo with the the shape of mm -hmm. the hallways and the I, which tubes I think was intentional lights. oh absolutely absolutely but again everything in, in this has a little tongue-in-cheek feel to it you know what I mean like it, it it doesn't what I what I like about it it doesn't take itself too too seriously uh the other thing that I think people will find controversial with the episode is the whole kiss thing but what I said, going back to the start of Podshock when we first began this show, uh, and, and it's very fitting that today is the 10th anniversary of the Paul McGann movie. There's no going back from the Paul McGann movie and the kiss from there. And we've already talked about the show moving into the 21st century. There's, this show is not a gratuitous show where there's giant love stories or whatever. The doctor got a kiss. Just one. That's it. It's still a family show. Whatever. Um, he had a granddaughter. And in the words of Chris Eccleston, you know, n 
nine centuries in, you, you have to assume that I've danced. So, um, for those who who would criticize this episode because of that, I think we're just being short-sighted. I just think this is, you know, it's just something that is part of the new show. Mm. It's now in the canon, so we really need to get over it. Um, I just accepted it, and I thought it was well, wonderfully... What, I, I didn't see anything there. I mean, I didn't see anything. So I I don't know where all this whole I I, I since I've seen it um I I did go and and see the confidential I haven't seen the I haven't heard the commentary but um I if this was supposed to be a love story I didn't see that I mean I saw she had some feelings towards him but I saw his feelings just as um as he feels for everyone you know obviously he felt there was a connection there with her and and that that because she he was there for all her lifetime even though mm-hmm. it wasn't his whole lifetime and it sort of mm-hmm. goes back to school reunion yes. with that explanation yeah. there um and so it was nice to see that kind of played um out but i you know um if if you watch the confidential they built this up to be such a big like like a whole love story thing and i didn't see that at but all I, but it worked for me i don't know it worked the letter the, the his look at the yeah, end okay I mean, it was a special bit. it was a special relationship but i i didn't see that well, as anything well, more Stephen moffat says in the commentary and i know you didn't hear the commentary but he very clearly explains that in doctor who any relationship can only be defined by the person having the relationship with the doctor, because throughout the show's history, you can never get into the doctor's head. Well, but so the, the let's hope not. But de- they seem to be going more and more, and and kind of destroying the mystery of who the doctor is, and 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 you know. But how do you, how could you say that the the mystery is reinforced in this episode when she says to him, Doctor Who? It's more than just a question, isn't it? I mean, that how does that not reinforce the mystery? I, I, by not having well let's let's go into that what's this whole mind mill thing we we've seen yeah, this i mean true. the last time we came any close to this was in the three doctors when the when the doctors themselves did contact 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 and they were able to kind of you know uh have a mind meld within themselves but you've never seen the doctor mind meld with other people and granted he explains he rarely does this and um i, I agree and my only I, I agree it was it was very out of place and it was a little too mind meld for for my liking uh, but the flip side is the robots had a connection to her mind and if you want to write this off you could say that yeah. part of being aboard whoa, 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 that whoa, whoa, ship. Whoa, 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 whoa. How, do, how does the robots have a connection to her mind? I mean, other Be- than that, they were looking to get her mind. Because they, he, they said, you're scanning her mind. He says to the robots, mm-hmm. you're scanning her mind. What are you scanning her mind for? So, a cl- so very clearly, the robot is scanning um, Renette's mind. So if they can scan him, I'm, I took it to mean perhaps that whatever ability they have, which is an extension of the spaceship or these windows or whatever energy is being created, perhaps the doctor could tap into that. Again, that, that's really far-fetched. It's, it's, but... I, I know, but it's, it's only a minor part of the story, I think. I, I think well, it's a plot device was... in order yeah, for them to get out of, the story. And I, I was, was... of the story. And I find a lot of things in the story just takes you out of the story. And, and unlike what, I mean, people had complained about New Earth with that. And for me, it didn't, the, 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 um, 
you know, the stuff that, that didn't make sense, like Cassandra being able to leap from body to body after she, you know, she initially needed a device to do that. It didn't bother me as much because I was still enjoying the ride. I was still there for it. But there was just yeah. so much in this story that kind of just, well, that doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. And why is that? And it just, it, it, it kept, there were bumps in the road and I kept on stubbing my well, toe yeah. on them. I'll, I'll agree with you there because the big thing for me was, the okay, you've got these robots who are on this spaceship. Mm-hmm. Why are they there? Why are they there? And What's why are the they clockwork? Goal? Why are they clockwork droids? Why aren't they just yeah. regular droids? Here you have a, a, such a, a, an advanced technology in the spaceship that you can actually, you know, create these time portals back to Earth, you know, spanning thousands of years, at, at great distances because it was in deep space, yet the droids are clockwork. And, okay, they didn't have parts, but, they, I mean, they, they I mean, the, the droids were responsible of re- repairing it, so they had to be, you know, I don't know, just, it was just I, I view, so I view hard it, to buy. I, I mean, I love the very... clockwork, I love the, the idea, the concept of clockwork, you know, baddies and all that. I love that idea. I just, the explanation and the reason for them being there, I, I just, it was, was hard lucky. to swallow. Yeah. I, I disagree with you. I just took, I just accepted it that in advanced technology, this was their particular way of designing their robots. Not every robot has to be designed the same the, way. The only thing that yeah. I can think of is that in the TARDISode for this episode. Yeah, they, the TARDISode does explain a bit more. Yeah, but not uh, a great deal. Like no. you see this explode, like this ion storm or something, and then all of a sudden these robots are on the ship. Um, but I mean, I'm hoping that what they're going to do is they're going to allude to that later, and there's going to be there's maybe a revisit from these robots. But I, I did, aside from the plot holes and things, I did really love the style of this episode. Mm-hmm. I loved how. Yeah. The, the fireplace would rotate round. Mm-hmm. You'd push through a window. You'd take undraw a curtain or something, and you, yeah, you'd the be art back design in. is exceptional. I mean, the, the, oh and, yeah, and you know, just the juxtaposition of the future and the past and playing off each other worked very well too. Yeah, and I did love the vibe of the episode. I think um, the lighting was superb. The I really felt the emotion. The music is ridiculous. Oh, it's incredible. Murray Gold is just on top of his game. Yeah, the Madame Pompadour had her own theme and had her own theme. Mm -hmm. Wonderfully, period, as well. You know the 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 the, the subtleties of what he was doing. Um, But going back to moment after moment after moment, like like the top ten list on David Letterman of, of things that that. You have here, uh, I, I mentioned the line about what do the monsters fear, they fear me. Uh, there's a line where he's looking at the clockwork robot for the first time, and he says, you, you know, you're wonderful, it's genius, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. And, and he's like, it would be a crime to destroy you. And then he picks up the sonic screwdriver and says, but don't think I won't do it. You know, it's, I mean, that's, it, it, it's, it's showing David Tennant's doctor in that, Again, he's appreciating it, but he's also but there's no second chances sort of he, thing. No second chances. He's just, he's he's establishing his authority very quickly, that he is the 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 the, the moral voice in the story. Um, there are lines about you know, the the door. You know, once a door is opened, it can be walked through either way. And that's yeah, just, but that's going nice. back to the mind melt thing again. Yeah. Well, okay, but okay, but get over the mind meld thing well, and take not, the scene okay. for what it is. Yes, okay, I'm getting over the mind meld, but I, I still can't get over that. That um, I, 
why I, I I agree with the doctor. Why if they if they can travel through time and all that, just go and get the parts they need. Why kill the crew and 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 salvage them? And okay, so they had damage or whatever, and they weren't working right. I don't know. It's just. It, yeah. it, it, they had such advanced technology and then they couldn't get the right time and they had to like wait for it they couldn't just go right back to when her mind was 35 years old but they had to go and, and, and watch her as a child and it, that... but Rose was wearing a Wichita Falls t-shirt yeah that's just genius what why is that, that genius? I don't why? know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just teasing you. Th th these clockwork droids had these little things that were supposed to be threatening, that was supposed to be knives or whatever, and it was just like little clockwork parts. And I, if you held it to my throat, I would just <laughs> push it aside. It didn't. I mean, <laughs> put a real I'll knife there, or, or, or a laser, or something. But although I, later they did have this drugging thing, which I thought was really cool, where it's got like two little needles on the end of it to put Mickey in and rose to sleep, which I thought Look, was a nice touch. The the story, in you have only a, a limited amount of time in a one-parter to well, establish what you need. And maybe that was a part of the problem. Okay. But in, in, you have a limited amount of time to establish what you need to do to get the episode to where you have to have um, dialogue and discussions and moments in the story. So... Do you spend a good chunk of the episode explaining these clockwork men, or do you just jump right into the action and go right into the, the Well, the, the trouble is that it takes you out of the story. That was my problem. I, 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 I disagree. These things, well, I, I, we disagree on that. And you know, just like they they went, they you know, they explained to Mickey about um, how could I understand? You know, she was speaking French, and said, no, no, she wasn't. She was speaking English. And so, the, once again, the doctor explains the whole TARDIS is translating for you. Yet, when they travel back into France and all that, you know, the TARDIS is three thousand years away, and you know, you have. I guess we can only assume that 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 language translation is going through the time window as well. Because... Although I did put the dvd on pause to try and see when he opens the letter if the word doctor was written in french but it was, it, was tough. It, it was very tough to read i could again you know until the official official dvds come out where well, maybe it's just a touch clearer but it was very difficult i was looking to see if the writing was in french uh and he opens the envelope too quickly uh, but the but, doctor's the sort of bloke who'd know French anyway, without needing the TARDIS, I suppose. But yeah, but yeah, but Rose goes back things. and speaks yeah, with Madame the, but that's Pompadour. One of, that's one of the things I, I agree, Lewis. The word. But but wait, but but she in Parting of the Ways is connected with the TARDIS now well, in a telepathic uh, way. Yeah, not anymore though. <laughs> <laughs> we could we could we could pull it apart piece by piece for ages, but I I I'm. I'm sitting on the fence here. I'm agreeing with a lot of what Ken is saying. I'm agreeing with a lot of what Lewis is saying. But just for the sheer vibe and just for the storytelling, I really like this episode. And um, for The Doctor reason, is worth the monsters? It's, I mean, these are great lines. I know. They're brilliant. It's, Stephen Moffat is a superb, superb writer. And I, I think that personally there were just a few things which I hope they're going to revisit in later episodes. They're just things that just don't really sit right with me and don't really, uh, aren't really explained very well. And I hope that they will be future villains and we'll get to see them return um, and learn more about them. Um, but 
I loved the ending, which was superbly emotional. And there was an, a line which just, I mean, there's, Ken has said there's so many yes. lines in this, but if I could pick one out of the entire episode. In the letter. Which just, just sums it up. No, not the letter. It's, it's when the Doctor gets back into the TARDIS and Rose says, are you all right? And the Doctor says, quite coolly and calmly, and looks at her and says, I'm always all right. Mm-hmm. But he says it in quite a melancholy way. Which you know um, he's not all right. He's which you know he's not all right. right. And then Mickey says, Mickey realizes that he needs some time alone. Yeah, and yeah. which says, was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Place. Yeah, that was my favorite line yeah. of the episode. I, I thought that then, worked well. But there's, I, there's, it's alluding to more things, the lonely angel thing. The lonely alone. angel thing, go, going back to the face of Bove, talking about you know the, the lonely god and all. You know, yes. like there was, there's other things that are, they're, they're making it a little more spiritual. Shall we yeah. say, like, you know, I don't want to go too far in that direction to compare it, let's say, to like a Battlestar Galactica where they, they outright use the God theme for the Cylons. I, I don't think they're doing that here. But, you know, um, I, the lonely part for me was the most significant part, the exploration of the I knew doc- it would be. Of the doctor. We, because, we were talking about this last time, and I said, you because you were saying in... Um, school reunion yes. how you didn't think that david tennant came across as lonely. lonely guy but i said well wait wait and see the girl in the fireplace and then you'll understand i i think if the maybe if the episodes were were in you know inverted just flipped around maybe it would work a little better for me after seeing him go through this and then seeing him deal with sarah jane i i, I may have that may have been mm-hmm. a different answer for me um but during that scene where, like I said, he, she says to him, you know, um, Doctor Who, it's more than a question. And then, and then there's uh, the thing about, you know, uh, such a lonely childhood and all that. It's, there's, there isn't any startling, startling revelations, but yet it still helps build a little on the character. Um, because there's still questions out there. You know, there's still questions about him. And, and then you re-examine the character by saying, okay, he's, he's lonely, or you know, why is he lonely? Why does he not want his identity revealed? Those are all questions that are you know, now officially being put out there as opposed to, well, the show is just called Doctor Who because no one knows his name, you know, that, that kind of thing. Now it's a, it's a straight up question in the canon. Yeah, but that's not new to Doctor Who. That's that's always been the case where you don't you know it, it, it's always been a factor that he didn't want to reveal his name and what you know was Theta or whatever it was you know is throughout you know it's I don't think that's a new concept. I'm not saying it's a new concept. What I'm saying is that they've they she straight up voices the certain things a certain way that's that's mm-hmm. what i'm thinking i, yeah, th- but I haven't I, been voiced before well i disagree i think they were voiced before but it's just reinforcing it you know um he john pertwee in his era described about you know a, a tree and 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 a, a man up on a hill and all all these kind of things like you know we we've, we've we've had these little moments where we actually get the the slightest little peek into the doctor's past um mm-hmm. and then going back 10 years ago as well you know with the uh paul mccann movie there was yeah. more references to his family and past 
yeah, and they, you know, again, they touch on it, and there's actually more, more to be explored. And, and actually, Stephen Moffat says in the commentary for this episode um, that actually even the horse, there was more of a story. Now, there's a horse in the episode. Uh, and again, great, great sense of comedy and, and only really works in, in the British style of humor of, you know, what's a horse doing on a spaceship? You know, what's, yeah, what's, you know, what's, what's, what's France doing in a spaceship? You know, like, having said that, when, when they jump, the bit that made me laugh out loud out of this thing, because there were parts that made me chuckle, but there were bits that were just really comedic. And the one, cause you just reminded me of it, Ken, with the horse, was when he jumped through the mirror. Mm-hmm. On the horse. As soon as he lands, he turns and he looks to and Madame Pomp- de Pompadour oh. and, and gives her a wink. A wink, a, a yeah. A shy little smile. That was really, really funny. That was uh, made me laugh out loud. But I, I, I also want to say that I'm, I'm very pleased with the portrayal of King Louis XV. I, I think that... Um, he, You know, what we have... in Many, many times when they portray, like, you know... F- France in, in the past, it's very, very asinine. You know what I mean? Very, you know, throw the meat over the back. You know, all that, all that, just, just this, this craziness. And he's portrayed with some class and some dignity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who, you know, who does he think he is? He's, you know, well, he's the king, but he's only. Who does he think he is? It's only because he's he's stepping forward with authority. He's not doing anything stupid. He's not portrayed as being a again. He's not portrayed as being a boob, he, you know. And 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 that the king actually feels at the end as well, you know. Things like that. They were there was one thing that took uh, multiple viewings for me to catch on to a little uh, on the on the first and and even the second viewing. At the end, he said, um, "She's leaving for you just missed her. She's leaving for Sai for the last time." And I thought, oh, you know, she just got in the coach and she's going to Paris, you know, whatever. Uh, and then it took me a minute to realize that the coffin is in the back of the yeah. of the of the carriage. And, I, and again, what I'm saying is my my enjoyment of this episode and why I feel so strongly about it is to to on multiple viewings to discover more always means a lot to me, and I take that to heart because so much of, of what is on television only requires one viewing to get it. Um, maybe it's just it was something that maybe maybe a million people got it on the first time. I didn't. Uh, those those kind of things. They, uh, the doctor putting the letter in, and the and the king saying to him, "Quite right." Yeah, was, I mean that was nice it, writing there. Nice writing, nice nice handling of the king. The king very easily could have been on the king giving the letter, but as a man to another man, he 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 he, he gives this respect. And it was well portrayed. And like I said, just the number one thing I can say is the king wasn't portrayed as being this. We have a view through many forms of media of what the king of France or the king of England or the queen of England, you know, could be like. We make it very parody-ish when we portray them now because it all seems so silly so you know so trite sometimes about you know the the things that they did Be, uh, this, they do the same thing with ancient rome sometimes they get very crazy with ancient rome you know that that caesar would do all these goofy things he you know he was still caesar or he mm-hmm. was still the king um and to see them treated like that i that's again those are little touches that to me i, I felt very drawn into the story by that. 
right. Well, is this like normal for you? Is this an average day? Life with the Doctor Mickey, no more average days. It's France again. We can see France. I think we're looking through a mirror. Blimey, look at this guy. Who does he think he is? King of France. Oh, he's travel. What have you been up to? Oh, this and that. Became the imaginary friend of a future French aristocrat. Picked a fight with a clockwork man. <laughs> I went and met a horse. What's a horse doing on a spaceship? Mickey, what's pre-revolutionary France doing on a spaceship? Get a little perspective. See these? They're all over the place. On every deck. Gateways to history. But not just any old history. Hers. Time window. Deliberately arranged along the life of one particular woman. A spaceship from the 51st century stalking a woman from the 18th. Why? Who is she? Jeanne-Antoinette Poisson, known to her friends as Renette, one of the most accomplished women who ever lived. So she got plans of being the Queen, then? No, he's already got a Queen. She's got plans of being his mistress. Oh, I get it. Camilla. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the night they met. The night of the U-Tree Ball. In no time flat, she get herself established as his official mistress with her own rooms at the palace, even her own title, Madame de Pompadour. Queen must have loved her. No, she did. They got on very well. King's wife and the king's girlfriend. France. It's a different planet. We're, we're getting short on time, so we're going to um, start wrapping things up here. And I'm just going to um, begin that by saying that um, I didn't, you know, as much as the supplemental material surrounding this episode implied that the doctor was in love, I did not see that at all. I thought it was a special relationship. Um, they both connected. They had that mind meld thing. And it was, um, you know, a, again, a very special type of relationship. But I didn't really see that mm. when, when all is fair is in love and war. We, we don't speak. We don't, we're not rational when we're in love. And, and I think if the doctor really was truly in love, he would have just taken the TARDIS back before she passed on and, and had a moment with her unless she well, unless he still does in the future. But he, he uh, says that he says in the story that we're already involved in the event. Yeah, so which, which would never stop them in the past. The second thing from... is that he jumped through the mirror knowing that there was no going back, and he did it anyway. Well, I don't, I don't, we don't know that until after the, he jumped through it or whatever. I, don't, I didn't really convey he, he that says to me. A, he, says there's, he says once the, once the connection is broken, there's, there's, that's it. The, the connection will be lost. And he takes the horse, and he jumps through anyway. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is the indication that he was in love with her. Well, and then at the end, why didn't he just take the Tartars back if he was really in love, you know? Uh, same reason he couldn't save Adric. Huh? Where is he going to take the TARDIS to? You can take it sometime between the last time, from the fireplace scene to the time that she died and had spend, what is it, six years or so. She died at 43 or um, seven, eight years, whatever it was. Wow. I don't know. I, it's just... I, I, I disagree with you on it. I think the, the story saying that they're involved in the events and that he... The, you know, I mean, I didn't see him series. feeling any more towards her than 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 maybe uh, Grace or uh, I, I don't know Andy. I'm going back to that ten year marker with and, and the kiss again. So that's the reason why I bring her up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but thoughts, gentlemen. Come on, let's wrap this up. And um, uh... yeah, I, I I mean I did enjoy the episode. I just didn't think it was. I, I thought it was the weakest ones of this series so far. And um, but I still enjoyed it. And 
Um, I'm going to give it three TARDIS groans, and that's not being disrespectful. I mean, it's I still I did not dislike it. There's lots of things I did like about it, um, but I I just don't didn't get it the way other people seem to get it. And just like a lot of the stories in this season, if you look at you know a lot of people are either loving each episode or it's okay. And to me, this was an okay episode. I liked it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just didn't, I, I didn't feel the same way that Ken feels about it. And um, which is fine. You know, we we're all individuals. No, I, I, absolutely. And you know, what's, what's brilliant about the show is that different episodes speak to people in different ways. And yeah. for some reason, this one spoke to me. Mm-hmm. Whereas for example, so many people were, enthralled with Dalek and it, and it, and it didn't speak to me. So, you know, I, obviously, you know, we, we have, we, we agree to disagree, but I, you know, I make my points in, in, there are certain moments and things and, and, and to me, television uh, is not always just strictly about the story, but somehow you have to get to certain moments in order to make certain things happen. Um, and, and you have to string those moments together, hopefully, in in a, you know with some kind of cohesion, and and perhaps I think what what lost Lewis was that um, perhaps he didn't feel the string was as strong as it should be in order to put those moments together, in order to get the doctor to feel a certain way or act a certain yeah. way, or you know. Yeah. That, well, that and and as I said, there were a lot of things that I was stubbing my toe on, you know, in in little stuff that that was gnawing at me that took me out of the story you know the 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 the, the fact of their the droids were clockwork and uh, which i love but it didn't make sense that this advanced technology that they were able to leap back into time yet they have clockwork droids and the, um the, the whole part about them not being you know they had to visit her in all different points of her life and to get it right and you know it's just a lot of stuff that you know it was just hard to swallow the first time. And, and granted, there's a good payoff at the end why they were looking for her, and which is, you know, but while you're watching it, it's kind of distracting you. Well, why are they going after her? Why? And then, you know, you get that at the end. But um, there's still a lot of missing elements, a lot of parts that, that holes, as James had said, that, that just got the better of me, you know, that took me yeah. away from the story, I should say. Well, that's, that's why I'm going to give this episode four out of five, because I really enjoyed it. But... I think that, that there were things. I'm, I'm with. I'm sitting on the fence between you two because I know Ken, you enjoyed it immensely, mm-hmm. and Lewis, you enjoyed it, but it wasn't as good as it could have been uh, in with certain regards because there were certain holes in the plot that just didn't make sense. But I love the ending. I love the whole emotional bit um, when you realise that she's dead. I love the whole concept of also time moving faster in one area mm-hmm. and moving yeah. slower in another. I, I enjoyed that incredibly. And uh, I, I I think that it's that at the time, I thought that it was up there with any of the episodes that had been there out so far in terms of how good it was. It was just different, I think. It was a different... Let me, let me also, in order just to, to get a, a one last take on this, to ask Lewis... Um, Story aside, how did you feel about David Tennant in it? Did you did you think that um, I, you you felt like that his doctor got explored a little more, or did you just think it was that you it just didn't add anything to it yet? Um, no, I, I I think it 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 did to a certain degree, but um, it, uh, I mean, I, I David Tennant was excellent in it and um, played the part, uh, you know, just as as well as he's done so far. Um, 
I, I think there was, yeah, the, 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 you get to see a little more insight into the doctor, but, um, but I, I, and again, but I don't think it's, I, I didn't buy the whole in love thing, but, um, but that, but up to that point, yes, I, there was, you, there was more relevation, there was more insight into the doctor, but you, I, you just have to take that road carefully. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I mean, I think, I think each doctor over the years, and we've got, you know, ten of them now to choose from. Each doctor um, has a little something that you can say, okay, this doctor said this about being the doctor or who the doctor is. Uh, the way Chris Eccleston did the whole, you know, I'm the last time Lord thing, and that was really his his walk through the part, you know, was, was this, um, you know, the whole um, more of the loneliness where uh, a different kind of loneliness that he was the last of his kind. This is this I I believe is a touch of what David Tennant is doing in his doctor is that um you, you know like th this is what he's bringing to the 10th doctor which by the way I just refer to as 10 now ever since song for 10 you know we I talk about you know, the new doctor I just say yeah 10 but you know <laughs> I, I'm hoping it's going to catch on I, I seriously I have like in in my my pictures on my computer you know, you have your pictures that'll scroll around for your screensaver and every time I name the doctor it just says 10 it'll be like 10 and rose and you know 10 and the tardis or tardis and 10 it's um, kind of like uh, Battlestar galactica with the whole six thing and stuff like that well, it really, I was really the... just came from the the fact that you got song for 10 and it was t e n so i'm well, calling him 10 if christopher eccleston finally does the prisoner as reported last one last he'll episode be six. <laughs> he'll, i am not a number i'm a free man he'll have that quote you're number 9 <laughs> get it right <laughs> Well, the number nine just fell over. Now it's six. <laughs> well, we're, we're running out of time. Actually, we yeah. are out of time. So we're gonna wrap. We're gonna do. We were gonna do a preview of Rise of the Cybermen, but I think we're gonna have to put that off. I should say that we're gonna have Jules Jules Burt, who was on the show last year on Podshock when he was recording when they were shooting um, Rise of the Cybermen. He was on our show. Um, and gave us a sort of a preview on what it was and like this to is, being. This is a long-awaited follow-up. Yes, Jules so yes. Jules will <laughs> be on our show it. next week, and we're looking forward to that. And um, I mean, I, I know James and I both saw, it, and I, I think um, it's an interesting story. And that's uh, and anyway, so. But it's only part one of two, so it's, it's tough. Yet it's to yes, really it's part one going. of two, and and as I said earlier, um, before I am the show, a huge. Cyberman fan, and my favorite black and white episode is The Invasion, so I am more than dying to see this episode. I mean, I, re I really, I really, really am. Well, it, I mean, it is a different take is... on the Cybermen, and I don't want to give anything away, so... No, that's fine. I mean, and, and, but I'm saying that this is like, you know, like, everybody last year was waiting for Dalek, and, and then there was some people who were waiting for Sarah Jane to come back a, a couple weeks ago. For me, this is the one I'm waiting for. The Cybermen are my boys. They're my favorite band. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just, I, I'm really, I'm, I'm a little envious of you two. I was telling James off the air that um, I, I was up really late last night, and I was thinking, you know, I really could just pop over to lose because I know he's probably up. <laughs> I, actually, to be, I, I actually did crash on the sofa last night. I, uh, so I, I wouldn't have been awake. <laughs> Strange uh, as it is. 
anyway, uh, once again, um, happy Mother's Day, a belated happy Mother's Day, even though this is going out late to, to yes. everybody's, everybody's moms. And uh, we'll be, we will be back again. Um, next week, actually, we won't have to do a preview for Sci-Fi Channel because the Memorial Day weekend will be after that. So we'll just be, re- we'll, we'll do both parts of the Cyberman story. How about that? We'll double up on season two then. Yeah, some needed catch-up time. Okay. Yes. Well, thank you once again, gentlemen. Excellent show. Thank you. And uh, we're uh, next week we'll return with feedback. We're foregoing that section uh, segment today. Awesome. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good one. Thank you to all the right, listeners guys. For Take care. Listening through. Cheers. Take it easy now. Bye-bye. Bye bye. been listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan-run GallifreyanEmbassy.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net.